Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are broadcasting live from the LWML National Convention in Lexington, Kentucky today. And it's kind of quiet in the exhibitor it's hall right now. Weirdly quiet there after other, yesterday. <laughs> yes, there are important <laughs> things going on today. But today is also an important day, not just for LWML, but for Christians worldwide. Yes. Uh, because of a very historical event that uh, we're commemorating today, mm -hmm. June 25th. Joining us for that is Dr. Daniel Harmelink. He's Executive Director for Concordia Historical Institute. Dr. Dan, it's been a while since we've talked. <laughs> it's, it's been too long. Too long. <laughs> but uh, God's put us back together on this fantastic uh, commemoration day. So it's yes. good to be back. And what are we commemorating today? UAC. UAC. <laughs> UAC. Yeah, everyone here start chanting. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people don't know, but if you go to your congregation, there's a cornerstone, right? Mm -hmm. And they just have three little letters uac mm -hmm. and uh, that points to today june 25th so unaltered augsburg confession so this is the commemoration of that fantastic event uh that makes us distinctively lutheran uh distinctively and clearly christian and uh so it's like i i ask people do you believe in the ten commandments yes and then the second question is do you remember any of them? So it's the same thing with scripture, with the Bible and with the small catechism, right? And the Augsburg Confession, too. So uh, when was the last time you took a look at the Augsburg Confession, the primary kind of Lutheran document uh, that was valid in 1530, what, 491 years ago? Mm -hmm. And it's still relevant to our lives as Christians today. So... Uh, Maybe today is a good kind of friendly poke to get re, re to rediscover the the treasures that are locked away in the Augsburg Confession. Yeah, it's a great excuse to go pull out those those books of Concord and read through at least parts of the Augsburg Confession. There's so so much uh, in there. Uh, all of our Lutheran doctrine is is based off of this. So it's it's a good thing to know and understand and exactly. to have some familiarity with. So this is four four hundred and ninety one years ago. Uh, what was happening during this time that made this uh, presentation of the Augsburg Confession significant? I know there's a lot, but yeah, some, so of, the, some the of the skinny, highlights. <laughs> you want the skinny or the super skinny on that one? So, uh, you know, again, the Lutheran princes, they're in conflict with Charles V, right? And uh, Charles V announces that he's going to have a big uh, diet or something to talk about these uh, different understandings of scripture in the Christian church. So the uh, Luther's prince and Luther and Melanchthon, if you know that name, they started writing, uh, okay, what do, we, what do we believe? What do we confess? And finally, that ends up in 1530, the Diet of Augsburg, where they get a, you know, they get 15 minutes to present their side of the story. Mm -hmm. I think that's significant. Just the, the fact that who you mentioned there. These mm -hmm. weren't all pastors or um, professors of theology. The, these were laymen, right? Yeah, Philip Melanchthon was not ordained, even though sometimes you see him baptizing a child in some of the old paintings. Uh, he was a professor of uh, New Testament at, at uh, Wittenberg, right? But he was a layman. Luther was an outlaw at the time of the Augsburg Confession, so he couldn't even attend. 
he was, uh, you know, there are two places in Luther's life where he grows a beard and hides out. <laughs> and everyone knows about the Wartburg. Yeah. What was the uh, other one? The other one was uh, during the time of the presentation of the Augsburg Confession, he was holed up in the Coburg, in <laughs> the Coburg Fortress. And uh, there he grew a beard, too, and kind of hid out. He wasn't allowed to go to Augsburg or he would have been arrested. So even though he's a major player in the Augsburg Confession, a lot of people say, hey, this is Philip Melanchthon's writing, but uh, Luther's behind it all. Mm -hmm. uh, so he and Philip are continuing to exchange, exchange letters as we get closer to June 25th, uh, but Luther was not allowed to attend. Mm -hmm. So they write up this confession in front of Charles V and his, his entourage. Mm -hmm. uh, Christian Beyer, who was one of the Lutheran chancellors, reads the Augsburg Confession. The Augsburg Confession is fairly long. It's uh, 28 articles about different aspects of the Lutheran faith. What does the scripture tell us? What does Christ tell us in scripture? So he reads this, this puppy and uh, he decides this is German territory. We're not gonna read it in Latin. It was written in Latin and German, but he, he says, this is Latin, uh, German territory. We're gonna read it in German. So just think uh, Charles V is sitting on his throne hearing all of this in German. I don't know how much he understood, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, the windows were open, so massive crowds listened to the Augsburg Confession, read by Chancellor Bayer in Aug Augsburg. So we thank God that, uh, yeah, uh, God gave uh, pastors, laymen, the church, right, the the understanding, the clear understanding of how we're justified by faith, what the church is. All of these things that were not not really in uh, uh, in conflict with what the churches always believe, but some things, you know, the Catholic Church had gone off the rails. Some things, the other Protestant churches that have gone off the rails. So the Augsburg Confession addresses both of those. Mm -hmm. That was a bit of a risk for them to be uh, to be presenting this to the Holy Roman Empire, so, Emperor, yes. wasn't it? So they had other Lutheran princes who signed the Augsburg Confession, right, and then. After June 25th, other people signed that. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of like uh, you're putting your life on the line when mm -hmm. you sign this thing. We as Americans have kind of forgotten that. But sometimes saying yes to a confession uh, could be your death sentence. Right, right. What are some of the high points uh, in this uh, Augsburg Confession? Since we're telling people to go pull it out and read it, yeah. uh, what are some well, of the things to, to really pay attention to, uh, to to get a gist of, of what's happening? So maybe, maybe I'll pick two. One is Article 4 on justification, right? Mm -hmm. And it says, also they teach that men cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works, but are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who by his death has made satisfaction for our sins. So this is the core. I mean, you know, justification by grace through faith. I mean, you know, if you're going to get a tattoo, get that one. <laughs> Not the Luther Rose, either the VDMA or yes. <laughs> justified by grace through faith. This is, this is the core of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, church bodies go off the rails and start getting into, but it's it's what we contribute to, and uh, Luther and the reformers said uh, no. When it comes to justification, it's all Christ, right? When it comes to sanctification, our response to that, then then we can talk about what we how we respond. 
in faith. But justification, Article 4, I mean, that set it out. And uh, so later, the Catholic Church comes back and says, no, we don't believe in any of this. It's kind of like, you know, uh, sometimes when, a po when one of our politicians say something, uh, the, the the other party says, uh, whatever you said, we disagree with. <laughs> and so it's the same thing with the Augsburg Confession. So mm -hmm. Catholic Church basically refuted article by article, you know, you got it wrong, Lutherans. And so Philip Melanchthon, and, and again, Martin Luther had his say in this too, uh, have this apology, the Augsburg Confession. Mm -hmm. So after you memorize the Augsburg Confession, <laughs> take a look at the apology of the Augsburg Confession, where basically they say, okay, in more detail, uh, what does this mean? That's a, always a good question, a good Lutheran question. Mm -hmm. There are two good Lutheran questions always. What What does this mean and how is this done? Hmm. And uh, so the apology of the Augsburg Confession isn't, oh, we're sorry we we presented this, but it's a, basically a defense of what was spoken to on June 25th, 1530. So at Concordia Historical Institute, we're already making plans for how are we going to celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Augsburg Confession. Mm -hmm. That's coming up in 2030, and we need to start planning for that now. So um, that's my hobby horse is – we're not going to have cookies and ice cream for the 500th <laughs> anniversary of the Augsburg Confession. We're going to do something substantive that calls Christians back to this clear explanation of what we believe and how we live our lives as Christians. Maybe if they were cookies that had the VDMA. Yeah, okay. That's good. Yeah. That's a part of it. Well, well, Everyone loves cookies. That. How can we learn more about uh, Concordia Historical Institute? Uh, we uh, Go to our website. Just type in Concordia, Concordia Historical Institute.org. We have all kinds of uh, resources, free resources, internet resources for the 16th century Reformation, the history of Lutheranism in North America, congregations, pastors, church leaders, deaconesses, all of that is available uh, for anyone around the world. Uh, give us a call. Let us know how we can help you reconnect to your Lutheran history. And I've, I've used those resources for the Lutheran Ladies Lounge uh, Lutheran History Podcast when I'm looking into some obscure Lutheran woman that nobody knows about. We I've, have all I've the used, dirt on the Lutheran Church in North America. Yeah, I've, so. I've used these resources several times to find uh, things that Wikipedia just has no idea. So. <laughs> so you're making the things that were obscure less obscure yes. by sharing them in history of That's, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. We're trying. <laughs> excellent, excellent. ConcordiaHistoricalInstitute.org. Dr. Daniel Harmelink, it has been great talking with you and just being a couple booths away from you here yeah. at the LWL National Convention. Uh, God's blessings on yourself. You have better swag than we do. We're, <laughs> we're handing out, uh, you know, historical quarter, the quarterly and also uh, CHI toenail clippers. So you have you have much better stuff <laughs> so, than we do. So you're not like handing out artifacts from Concordia Historical Institute? No, people here. have oh. allergies. Oh. You know? That's sad. <laughs> Thanks so much for being our guest today. <laughs> blessings. Take care. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour Live from the LWL National Convention in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.